Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Uh, I'm Kelly Gilman. It's nice to meet you if I haven't met you before. Um, I first and foremost have to say thank you to Pastor Donnie because he kicked me out the door and was like, you gonna preach, girl? And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So um, I'm really excited because I really strongly know that God gave me something to share with you today. And so I'm excited um, to do that. But first, I think it's only appropriate that we get to know each other a little bit, right? You guys don't know me that that well. I've only been in Florida for five months, right? And so um, I'll share a little bit about myself. I was born in Southern California, Orange County. I lived there most of my life. I lived in North Carolina for a little bit, but grew up there, and I have a younger sister. I'm the firstborn, and um, my family is kind of loud and wild, and we're always busy. We always have people over, and everything is centered around a good plate of food. So um, I have a love and passion for great meals. Um, but I grew up just like a busy bee. I was, uh, I have a degree in dance, so I danced all my life. And um, I was always involved in church, like too many things, you know, Bible study and worship team and youth choir and all the camps and, 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 and. Um, and then academics were always really important. But my parents like told us to stay busy all the time, like to the point where in the summers, my mom would book us every week so we wouldn't be watching TV all the time in front of, you know, the television during the summer. So I uh, have taken speed reading classes. I have taken snorkeling and scuba diving when I was 14 with kids that were eight. She signed me up for the wrong one. And um, just, we, we were taught to stay busy and, uh, that was my life. I grew up like that. In high school, I was a crazy person, like doing everything I possibly could and being social. And then through college, same thing. And so um, that's part of my DNA. It's who I am, that I am a go-getter, right? Um, so sitting still is hard for me. <laughs> um, when I sit still, I um, feel like I'm doing something wrong and I can't quiet my mind. Uh, when I sit still, I'm like, I feel shame often because I'm like, I should be doing something with my time. I shouldn't be resting. I can rest at night. I shouldn't be like whatever I'm doing. You know, I could be going, 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 going. So that's my nature. So the Lord taught me how to sit still. And that's what we're going to talk about today. He taught me how to just simply be with him. I don't know if you caught onto the theme this morning, but it's just to be in his presence. That's it. And he taught me you know, um, after college, I, I got married right out of college, and I moved back to California. We prayed, and we were like, Lord, you know, what do we do? And he was like, go to California. And we went there, and everything fell apart. And everything was the worst-case scenario. And there was no money. There was no place to live. There were no jobs. There were no friends. There was nothing. And then it just got worse for the next three years. And um, through that time, um, eventually, I'm not going to get into it, but eventually my husband, my ex-husband decided, you know, I don't want to be with you anymore. And it was, I was like, no, 
Jesus. Like, no, this is from the enemy. I'm gonna fight. So I fought in faith for a year, and that's where the Lord taught me how everything changes in his presence, how everything changes when I just sit in a room with him, how everything, all the answers, everything I'm looking for, if I can just be with him, and if I really believe that who he says he is is true, then I don't need anything else. And so I'm just gonna teach you what I learned because how can I love you if I don't tell you what God taught me? And I love you guys. So I wanna teach you. Um, so first and foremost, the generosity of God made a way for your communion with him. Okay, so God is by himself, right? He's by himself in the beginning of time, which never really begun because he always was, right? And he's just chilling and he don't need nobody. He's like, okay, um, you know, here I am. I've got all I need. And then he's like, you know, I'm gonna make the heavens and the earth and I'm gonna make the world and then I'm gonna make all of you guys. First gift, he makes the earth. He makes us the gift of life. He makes us. Second gift, he gives us the word of God because we need some help, okay? We know what happened in the garden, and we needed some help. So he sends us the word. I see you guys smiling at me. He sends us the word, second gift, to help us. And then he literally takes the word and makes it flesh. Like, can you imagine, as words are leaving your lips, it's creating a body. That's how I imagine, like, Jesus came to be. That as, as God, because it says he spoke things into motion. And so I think about the power of the sound of his voice creating a being. So he creates Jesus, and he's like, I want to be with them, so I'm going to send Jesus, and he's going to atone for all your sins, right? So he sends the gift. This is three gifts now, okay? There's a lot of gifts happening. He sends Jesus, and then... Bonus gift, Oprah Ellen style, under your seat, everyone gets a free car. He's like, he's like, okay, Jesus has to go, but guess what? There's like, we're three in one, and you've already like kind of experienced me walking on the earth in the garden. Then I sent Jesus, you're missing the third. So I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, to dwell within you, not just a dude walking around earth healing people one guy at a time. He's gonna dwell within you upon belief. But the, the, Jesus has to go in order for the Holy Spirit to come. And what God does is he gives us these gifts in order to enable us to commune with him. The whole purpose is for us to be together. He's like, I wanna be with you and I gotta give you the tools for us to sit and be together, right? The Holy Spirit is dwelling within you. I know that's freaky, but there is something that is not of this world that lives inside your body. And it cries out, Abba, Father. It cries out with a hunger and a thirst to be in unity with the triune God because he used to dwell in heaven forever and ever until God sent the Holy Spirit to be the advocate for us, the best gift we could ever ask for. And so he cries out every day, oh, how I yearn to be with the Father and the Son. And there's this stirring within us. And we have to learn how to stir the pot. You know when you begin a, a soup, you start with like a stock, right? I'm learning this because I'm trying to be a better cook. And so I learned that like the base of most soups is onions and carrots and celery and then like, you know, chicken stock. And then you just add other stuff in there. 
But when you add the salt, it's so much tastier. And then when you add the chicken, it's so much better. And then you add the cayenne pepper and it's got a little kick, you know? And like, we have to learn how to stir up the Holy Spirit in us. So it, the Holy Spirit, what it's wanting to do is commune with the Lord and we're the block. We're stopping the Holy Spirit. And so just like Pastor Donnie was saying in Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom and all these things. We are so busy getting and all these things. We're so busy trying to go make sure that we're providing for our families. We're so busy trying to make sure that we're disciplining our kids right and they're gonna grow up into the righteousness of Christ. We're so busy trying to just do our errands and run our life and drop people off and pick them up and give advice to a friend that we forgot to start where we began, which is with Jesus. We are literally created in his image. I'm atoned for by the blood of Christ Christ, which resurrection blood runs through my veins, and then I have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I am already in communion with God, three in one, and I just have to believe it. That's it. That's all there is. But we're so busy making our own kingdoms. We're so busy creating our own followers. We're so busy trying to get and get and get that we forgot to make the first thing first. It is vital when you get into the presence that you know the character of God and you know the sound of his voice. And that's where the word of God comes into play because it's the truth. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. If I get into the presence of God, but I've never read scripture, how do I know that he's speaking or it's me? If I get into the presence of God and I haven't read scripture, but I got advice from a friend or, or I had a dad who was always angry at me, I hear an angry voice, you know? Like you can have misconceptions of God you don't even know about. I'm still working my out, mine out. I'll be working them out forever, for all eternity, because there's multiple, like, characteristics of God. It's infinite. That's why every single day he has new manna for today, new manna for today, new piece of his character, new portion of who he is. And it's our job to receive it. It's like, okay, go with me here. God is a UPS driver. Okay. So God's a UPS driver and he shows up at your door with a package, right? You didn't even order it, but let's say there's just somebody out there who knows exactly what you need and shows up with everything you need and you're inside your house, your home, but the dishwasher's on, the washer's on, kids are running around, you have company, they're talking, music's on, you got stuff in the microwave, and you can't even hear the doorbell ring. You got so much consumed inside your house. You're dwelling with so much junk. It's like you're a spiritual hoarder and you can't even have anyone over because there's no room to walk. You can't even hear the doorbell ring because you don't have an ear to hear because it's too clouded. And so when we get into the presence of God, it's really important. This is where ridding ourselves comes into play because if you don't have room for him, how can he come in? When you have a guest over to your house, I don't know about you, but we speed clean, okay? It's like, it's like, oh my gosh, they're gonna be here in 30 minutes, boom. Like you do the floors, I'll do the couch and all the junk and like, you know, you tag team and you make it happen, right? 
I'd like to think that we are very tidy, but not always. So um, you got to make room for him to come and dwell. And that's where repentance comes. Like even before I was sharing this message, I was sitting there. I'm like, Lord, what in me needs to go? Because I can't afford to not have all of you. And the more that you get of him, the more you want. It's this like, it's this reciprocal relationship that just keeps going in a circle. Oh, Lord, I'm going to seek you. And then I'm going to find you. And when I find you, I can't help but want to seek you. And you just keep going and going and going and going and going. We've got it all backward. We're saying we're Mary's, but we're Martha's. We're working and we're working and we're showing up and we're serving at church. We're doing such a good job. And we're like, you know, I'm feeling really empty, so I should really make it to that worship service. You know, I'm feeling really empty, so I should listen to another podcast. I'm feeling really empty. I hope someone has a word for me today. You have access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords direct best friend relationship every single day. You don't have to ask anybody else. You're eating fruit that's already been chewed. Get your own fruit. Get your own fruit. You don't need anybody. I mean, we're meant to be together. We encourage each other. Iron sharpens iron, but go to the first things first. You're getting into all these things without the first things first. We have to go to that. And we have to know who he is. This, these are just a few verses on who God says he is. So you can just maybe close your eyes for a second because sometimes I think that God is disappointed in me and I have to go to scripture and I have to remind myself that he's not. Because that's truth. And if I believe that's truth, even when I don't feel it, I'm going to find it. It says, come to me when you're weary and burdened and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me because I'm gentle and I'm humble. He's gentle and he's humble. And he gives you rest and it's light, it's not heavy. You want to know how you know the difference if it's God or not? Do you feel peace or do you feel chaos? You flow where peace flows, and you don't move until you feel it. God is light. In him there is no darkness. That's 1 John 1, 5. The previous one was Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. The Lord, this is so sweet. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come into repentance. He's not delaying. He's being patient with you. When I was going through my divorce, it, I, I didn't want it. Of course, I didn't want it. I, I was fighting. I was like, this is demonic, and I'm going to win. And I stood there, and I fought, and I fought, and I fought, and even to, God wants your honesty to the point where I was like, where are you? Here I am with you and you're not showing up. Like I, I told the Lord, I was like, I did my part, you do yours. Like that was rude, that was not good, okay? But I was, I was angry, I was angry with God because I am like, all this time, all this time, all this time, and nothing, 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 there's no results, I don't see anything, and you promised me these things in the secret place you showed me, and, and why don't I see it? Like, I thought that I knew, I, I knew what that meant, but I guess I don't know what that means, and, and then you start searching. Okay, I need another prophecy. Okay, I need another worship service. I need another this. Because you don't get what you thought you wanted. And the whole time, boom, he knows about Matt. And he knows what my future holds. 
There are promises I'm still waiting on. I'm sure all of you too. There are promises I don't know that I'll see in this lifetime and that's okay with me because they'll be for the next generation and they'll be a legacy. The Lord is gracious and righteous, full of compassion. Psalm 116.5. It's important that you know the character of God in its fullness and that's why the word has to pair with the quiet place. There are two different things. Quiet place is just resting. Oh Lord, I just want to be with you. And it can grow and it can be different things. You can do worship, you can read, but there's something about just coming with no expectation. And then when you pair it with knowledge, it's like you've got the heart and the head connected. And you start functioning with all that you are meant to function with. You have to remove your distractions and take hold of your mind. It is hard for me to sit and be still, okay? When God told me I was gonna preach this message, I was like, I am the last one you want to say anything about this. And he was like, well, we're gonna do it anyways. So I was like, okay, well, I should be really well rehearsed. I'm gonna sit in the quiet place and just rest every day until this message, right? And I'm thinking it's gonna be like all romantic and like, you know, and sometimes it is, but you guys, it was hard. I sat there the first time, because to be honest, you know, there are seasons where you get busy and distracted, and it's not always consistent. Like, you need to make it consistent, but just to be honest, like, it hasn't been as consistent for me lately as I would like for it to be. But I know I'm missing it. My spirit yearns in the morning. I wake up, and I think, Lord, what more do you have for me? And I go to bed and I think, what more would you have had for me if I would have sought you first in everything, you know? And so, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyways, but you have to <laughs> remove your distractions, okay? So, you have to temper your mind. You have to be able to sit still. That's where I was going. When you, I sat down and you guys, my mind went forever and ever and ever. For 45 minutes, I'm thinking about like, 15 different things. And here's the difference. My husband has taught me that that is unique. He said, I think about one thing at a time. And I'm like, really? Because I'm just spewing out like 15 different things to him. You know, like, oh, we got to do this. Oh, we forgot to pick this up. Oh, remember that we have to call so-and-so. And I'm just saying all this stuff because that's how my mind works, right? And it's like a trap. And so I'm sitting there trying to be in the quiet place and I think too many thoughts. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Okay, boom. And the Lord showed me this like spiritual wall that I just like, this is going to be bad, but I just sort of hock a on, you know, like in my mind because... When I get distracted, I just like spit it back at the wall and then I'm like, get back into focus, you know? And so, um, and so I'll be like, okay, put it on the wall, back into focus. But I did that for 45 minutes and then finally I fall asleep. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. The Lord must have known I needed a nap. And I woke up, I woke up and I was still thinking about all those things and still not in the presence. Do you wanna know what that taught me? I spent too much time outside of the presence. I'm serious. I need to go 
back into, and so since then, I've been a lot more intentional, a lot more serious about it, because I remember those times when I was going through the darkest moments of my life, and it was all I could do just to walk in the door and fall on my face, because I had nothing left, because I was full of anxiety because I didn't know what to do even with that hour. I didn't know what to do with what was in front of me. You have to be able, the quiet place is so important because you have to be able to access that in moments where you don't have the luxury of going and like getting on your knees and praying, you know? You have to be able in the middle of a board meeting to close your eyes and be like, Lord, hold my hand like you did this morning and whisper to me how I solve this problem. You have to be able, I'm not kidding, God will talk to you about everything. Me and the grocery store, we're trying to make the kids eat more vegetables, okay? And it's just hard. So if we've, we've gotten some good, you know, traction. But I'm in the grocery store, and I stand in front of the vegetables, and I go, Jesus, you better tell me what my family's going to like to eat, please. And I wait until he answers, I remember fighting for God, waking up in the morning and being like, you said your joy comes in the morning. I'm not getting out of bed until the joy comes. I'm waiting on you, you know, and I'm reminding God of his promises. Like your precepts are new every morning. I need one, you know, and like, but that's where the word of God becomes important so you don't become arrogant, spiritually arrogant. So you can be like, no, 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 no. I have that written on my heart already. We have to teach ourselves how to find it when we don't feel it. I am so grossed out by the culture of my emotions are fact. I'm sorry, I said it. We have to be able to discern the difference between our flesh and our spirit. So that way, when the flesh comes up, you can at least identify it and see it and be rid of it sooner. When you aren't in the presence, you doubt yourself all the time. Is this God? Isn't it God? I'm not sure. I think it might be me. No. And then you just hesitate all the time. Hesitation is the gap where the enemy sneaks in. Okay? When you look at the church in Acts... The way that they moved is they listened to sermons all together. It says, and then they went out immediately from hearing what they learned, and they told other people about it. They didn't hesitate. They took what they learned. They took what they knew, and they went, and they spread it, and that's how they grew in number. We have become spiritually selfish sitting in pews being like, ah. You know, that sermon was okay. I would have done it like this. And I didn't really feel God. So I'll just wait till next week when probably the message is for me. You can't go by what you feel. Sometimes you're in the quiet place for a year and he doesn't speak. And you got to pull from the word of God. You have to be able to know the truth and really believe the truth with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you hang on to that for dear life. I remember being on the floor of my room, and I felt like I was drowning, and I grab onto the bottom of both seats with my hands, and I say, Jesus, these are your feet, and I'm not letting go. So wherever you go, that's where I'm going. 
And I was like, you're going to have to drag me, you know? Like, that's the kind of tenacity that we need in the kingdom. That's the kind of thing that we need. Because he is here forever. We have to have self-discipline in our minds. I'm going to invite the band up. And lastly, you got to make the habit. Look, it sounds really great to be like, yes, I have four hours a day to just sit and be quiet with the Lord. Probably not realistic for all of us right now. And I'm not foolish enough to assume that this is new to any of you. I'm sure many of you know more about this than I do. I just am sharing what God has taught me. But we have to create the habit. And so that means you got to start somewhere. Maybe that means, okay, in my 10-minute drive to work, I'm going to have silence, and all I'm going to think about is God is with me. It's a very simple. When God speaks, he's very simple. It's usually very short, but it cuts straight to the heart. But we have to build our spiritual stamina for us to think that we are going to be able to just sit down the first time and just dwell in the house of the Lord and like be there for 24 hours is amazing, but you have to build your stamina up. You have to build your hunger because the more you know about him, the more you need and the more time you're going to make and the less sacrifice it feels because you have to have him because every moment of every day, he's my best friend. Literally right now, I know that God is standing with me. He showed me that his lips are talking and I'm just the megaphone. I know that right now I am seated in heavenly places and I asked him to take you with me this morning. It's all about your perspective shift. It's all about where you think you are and what you believe. There's an amazing author. Her name's Dr. Caroline Leaf. I'm going to wrap up. But... Um, you have to read her books if you like to read. But she is a neuroscientist and a Christian, and she talks about how the way you think makes physical imprints on your DNA and passes down through generations. When you think positively, it creates faster synapses so your body works better. When you think negatively, smaller, shorter, the health in your body begins to dwindle. What you believe matters. I mean, last month, Mo preached a sermon on believers believe. Like, are we who we say we are? When we get to heaven, will Jesus be like, oh, how I knew you. Oh, how you would come and sit by the waters with me. Oh, how you would come and lay and look at the stars. Oh, how we would walk. Or is he going to be like, thank you for serving at the church and never talking to me. Thank you for being a good person. No, he's going to ask you, my goal when I get to heaven, I want him to say, oh, how I knew you. When I see him, I want to, I want to, I don't want it to be a surprise. When you spend time in the presence, you can close your eyes and you just envision his eyes looking back at you. It's very simple. I remember one time I spent an hour just asking the Lord what his hands look like. There are mysteries there that you don't even know. That's where your calling is. That's where your peace is. That's where everything flows out of. And we don't have the luxury anymore to wait, to not go to that place. And there, it's hard. It's hard to make the decision, yes, I'm going to show up today, and Lord, have your way. That's a difficult choice. But 
in that decision he meets you. The kingdom of heaven is based on multiplication. Sow a seed. So right now, I'm gonna invite you guys to stand up. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.